Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBU in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBU Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. Due to the temporary closure of in-station activity at KBU, meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available on our website. The Development and Events Committee meets on the fourth Monday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Please visit our website at kboo.fm to verify if a meeting is being held. The following program is a special Encore rebroadcast for these unique pandemic times. Dates, times, and events mentioned in the following program have already occurred and are no longer relevant. Thank you for tuning in to KBOO Portland. The more compassion we have towards animals, the more compassion we're going to have towards other people. If you can value them all, you, you really value yourself as well. So even if you don't care about animals, the, the things we do that hurt animals end up hurting ourselves. It's almost kind of a dominion type issue where we feel we need to control everything. Dominion means stewardship, to take care of. What would a cow think about satisfying our habit? The challenge lies with looking at suffering from the perspective of the person or individual suffering. Welcome to Voices for the Animals. My name is Courtney Scott, and I am your host today with our special guest, Eric Mills of Action for Animals, Oakland, California. Eric is a longtime dedicated anti-rodeo activist. He started Action for Animals in 1984 and continues today as an unpaid coordinator. Action for Animals advocates for many different animals, including farm animals and wildlife. But Eric's main passion is for rodeo animals, whose suffering he first witnessed 30 years ago. He has succeeded in getting three bills passed in California to help rodeo animals. He is especially proud of the support he received for his work from Cesar Chavez. Welcome, Eric. Hello, Courtney. Happy New Year to you. Same to you, Eric. Let's start out by you telling us what inspired you to devote yourself to rodeo animals. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm a product of Kentucky back in my misspent youth back in the 40s. I spent a lot of time on my grandparents' farm. And they had, of course, horses and cattle and sheep and chickens, the usual. And I got a real affinity to animals, as most kids do. And then about 1966, I moved to California for various reasons. I was doing a lot of volunteer work with the uh, Friends of the Earth and the Whale Center and uh, now Earth Island Institute. And then I read Cleveland Amory's book, Mankind, 1974. He was the founder of the Fund for Animals. And so they had an office over in, in uh, San Francisco where Virginia Handley was the coordinator for many years. I started doing volunteer work there. Uh, I had to work on all kinds of things, going to California, state capital in Sacramento, working on legislation and such. But what really turned me around on the rodeo issue was in the mid-1980s here in Alameda County. There's an annual rodeo at the Rowell Ranch in Castro Valley, California, not far from where I live here in Oakland. And in 
maybe 1985, I think it was, I went to a, a rodeo there, which was sponsored by the Police Officers Association, and it was a benefit for Special Olympics children. Cripple kids? Well, day one, a horse broke his leg in the chute and was down in the arena, could not get up, and the stock handlers kicked him and used electric prods on him for a couple of minutes to get him on three feet. He was finally able to hobble out of the arena, no veterinarian present. An hour later, they shot him to death with a barred cop's gun. Three caves in a row and usually innocuous uh, roping event where they don't bring the caves down, but ran full speed into the fence. And I thought their necks had been broken. They had no signage on the fence. They couldn't see where they were going. They thought they were home free. And then to cap the day, my favorite, they had an unsanctioned event called steer dressing in which two wannabe cowboys manhandled this poor steer to the ground at the end of a rope. They're rolling around in the dirt, hooping and hollering, and the cowboys tried to put women's lace panties on the animal's hind legs. While this was going on, before an audience voted on you, the announcer was saying, take them down, boys, spread them legs, get them panties down, bad grammar and all. I said, my God, it sounds like a gang rape. So I had a meeting with the Police Officers Association and the director of the uh, hard facility which owns the property i said don't you find it ironic that peace officers are crippling animals to help cripple children Uh, no it's so some irony there huh more than a little but the good news is they canceled the police rodeo forever oh that is good news which made me feel good yeah Uh, so i've had some success since then too back in 1999 State Senator Don Parada, who's the president pro tem of the Senate, introduced a bill for me, which passed, which requires uh, veterinary care and also, most interestingly, that injury reports at the rodeo right. have to be. Hey, submitted. Eric, we're, we're going to get into all that later. I want to just kind of take these questions in, in order a little bit. So we have plenty of okay. uh, plenty to cover here. So on your website, Bucking Tradition, you, you explain why there is no correlation between rodeos and the work of real cowboys. Tell us about that. In my opinion, and that of most, rodeo is hype. Real cowboys on a working ranch never routinely rode bulls. They didn't wrestle steers. They didn't ride bareback. They did not practice calf roping as a timed event. They did not put bucking straps on the animals. It's all bogus. I've always thought rodeo to be a macho exercise in domination, and the animals have no choice. The cowboys like to say it's a traditional sport. I like to say, it's a, what other sport do you know in which half the, uh, the competition gets eaten at the end of the, the event? For the rodeo animals, it's just a detour en route to the slaughterhouse. They're all going to be eaten, horses and bulls included, one way or the other, somewhere around the world. And to do it all in the name of entertainment, I think is just beyond the pale. It's got to change. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an interesting statement. It's just a slower trip to the slaughterhouse. I don't think probably a lot of rodeo fans are not aware of that. Um, are any rodeo animals rescued from the rodeo? Does there, like, I know there's other groups working on this issue, like shark, for instance. So do they come in and try to rescue any of the animals? Uh, it would be very rare. Uh, a few, okay. few of the famous bucking horses and bulls are retired to stud, and they use it for promo and you know, out to pasture or for breeding purposes. 
but generally not. The horses and bulls, when they're no longer useful or too injured to use, are sent off to the slaughterhouse too. So as my grandmom always said, don't play with your food. Well, I'm encouraged by one thing. I think in many ways in this country, we are now on the brink of a sea change in regard to our, to our views on animals used in entertainment. We've got bands on orca shows at SeaWorld. The Ringling Brothers Circus is belly up. Only two weeks ago, both New Jersey and Hawaii passed state bans outlawing the use of wild animals in traveling circuses. I think rodeo is next, and the cowboys think so too. They're very worried about this, and they darn well should be. Rodeo needs to go. Right, and you're keeping them on the edge there, so good job, Eric. So um, why do you think rodeo continues? Um, is it just tradition, or are there other factors that keep it going? You mentioned you think it's losing popularity. So why do you think it continues at all then? Just the tradition? I think a lot of it is a myth. Partly it's an old John Wayne and how the West was won mentality that we're the best. And a lot of rodeo is very sexist too. It's all men. Women are allowed to do only the barrel racing. And most men seem to be entitled to whatever the hell they want with the rest of the world, be it women or animals or the environment. It's that macho attitude, which I think is destroying us all. It just, it has to stop. And what I'm really encouraged by, I just found a wonderful quote from the director, CEO of the Cheyenne Frontier Days Rodeo, which is the biggest in the country. This is from July of this past year. And he says, if it gets to the point where people think rodeo is inhumane or cruel, they quit coming and then we're out of business. Well, folks, the jury is back in. The rodeo is guilty as charged, and I think more and more people now are pressuring rodeo for all, all the right reasons. Every humane society in the country, of which I'm aware, condemns rodeo due to its inherent cruelty. They just do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of veterinarians now do, too. I have a quote from a, a veterinarian who's a steer wrestler in Texas back in the 80s. So, uh, speaking of the steer busting event, single steer roping, you can cripple three or four in an afternoon, so it gets to be an expensive hobby. This is a veterinarian. Mm, calls it a hobby. Mm. It's just, it's perverse. Yeah. Well, you mentioned in your articles that the media is ordered to show only certain angles by the Professional Rodeo Association yeah. so that the injuries to the animals are not seen. Do you, do you think that helps explain why more people are unaware or oh, yeah. not enough of it, not enough people yet are aware, at least. Many rodeo fans do not like the calf roping event. These are baby animals. Can you imagine the public outcry if we did to pet dogs, what we do to baby calves at the rodeo? The PRCA, Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, has an annual national finals rodeo in Las Vegas every year. And they work with the ESPN television and they have about a dozen different cameras and they have a deal worked out so that in the calf rope event they never never show the calf hitting the end of the rope. You see the rope go out go over the calf's head and then the camera always pans back to horse and rider and you can see the rope go spring and you know that the, quite often the calf has been knocked down some veterinarians say calves are injured every time they're roped like this and to show that the, the PRCA is worried about this, too, about maybe six, eight years ago, they changed the name calf roping to tie-down roping. And mm. 
it's a really disingenuous attempt to def deflect public criticism. Right. I really, why don't you call it Grandma's Cinnamon Buns, you hypocritical? You know, it's just wrong. A lot yeah. of the cowboys don't like calf roping either. Is that right? They're, they're willing to look the other way j just to keep the business going. It's all about the money. Yeah. I keep telling folks to boycott not only rodeos, but their sponsors and their paid advertisers. It's a million-dollar operation, multi-million. A lot of these guys are making a million a year abusing animals. It's just, and when yeah. it should be in jail, quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned. Right. And, you know, I've, I've seen uh, videos showing uh, rodeo people using electric prods. Oh, so yes. I bet most people don't realize that's what makes them buck. That's happened quite a lot, even though it's illegal in many places. Back at that same rail ranch rodeo there in Castro Valley, I helped to write the policy at the request of the uh, owner in the Hayward Area Rick and Park District. And part of that policy in 1986 was a strict ban on just the presence of electric prods at the ranch at all, not just the use, but their presence was completely banned. And then about 2006, I think, Sharp, uh, animal welfare organization out of the Chicago area, videotaped uh, a major stock contractor's aid, electroshocking six different horses in the holding chutes. It makes them crazy. It, it's very painful and dangerous. And then the bucking straps, of course, which no self-respecting rancher would ever use on an animal, makes the animals what they call buck blind. Sometimes they're so frantic they just run into the fence and break a neck or a leg. So it's, again, it's, it's all hype. It has nothing to do with life on a working ranch. And it's just that macho exercise for fun and games and a lot of money. No, I really like the cowboys. I just hate what they do. Yeah. There, there are not many professions out there where the people really love what they do. But these guys are traveling five and six to a, a bus and a motel room and going down the road and chasing women and having a grand old time. But the animals are paying the price. Right. And it needs to change. Uh, you know, I, I kind of relate to what you're saying about they're nice guys. I've been to rodeos. And they seem like such nice, young, healthy, all-American types, you know. And you you have to kind of, it's like kind of a cognitive distance thing where you have to go, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, you're looking at the animals, which they call athletes, right? Don't you love that? Yeah, yeah, that's a really, that's clever, isn't it? They're athletes. Yeah, I've had that argument with the folks before. I said, look, an athlete, you might consider a racehorse or a greyhound racing as an athlete. They're trained to do what they do. But the animals in rodeo are not trained at all. They're right. provoked into their frantic activity with right spurs and hot shots and the, and the weight on their back. A lot of it is out of fear. There's a wonderful line from Temple Grandin. You may have heard her name. Uh -huh. She's a world-renowned animal behaviorist out of Colorado State University, autistic. But she had a, a great quote, which I think is really applicable here. She said, the single worst thing you can do to an animal emotionally is to make it feel afraid. Fear is so bad for animals, I think it's worse than pain. Mm -hmm. People need to be aware that all the animals used in rodeo, horses, bulls, sheep, cows, cattle, all of them, are prey animals. As such, they fear for their very lives when chased and roped and ridden and jumped on and dragged and chased, wrestled. You know, they think they're going to die. Right. That alone should be enough not to do this, should it exactly. not? Exactly. It should not be entertainment, you would think. Anyway, Eric, we're going to take a short break right now. Stay tuned for more of our interview with rodeo activist Eric Mills.
Welcome back to Voices for the Animals with our guest, Eric Mills. Eric, tell us about some of the kinds of rodeo activities there are. You did mention calf roping and steer dressing. What are some of the others? And why do you think there's not more outcry from veterinarians about the injuries to these animals? There certainly should be. Uh, the standard events that the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, you know, okays and which most rodeos follow, had bull riding, saddle bronc riding, bareback bronc, steer wrestling, team roping, calf roping, and then the women's barrel racing. So those are the standard events, and the calf roping is probably the worst. There's one other event, too, which you don't see too often. It's called steer busting or single steer roping, which is practiced in only about eight or ten western states. Never part of the national finals. It's the most brutal of all. The intent they lasso a running steer by the horns and then ride the horse up alongside and throw the rope over the steer's haunches, ride the horse off at an angle. And so the steer instantaneously switches 180 degrees, thrown in the air and slammed to the ground. The intent is to knock the animal unconscious so that the cowboy can run back and time up. But legs get broken, necks get broken, they're dragged across the arena, horns are broken off routinely, and it's just really the worst, but as I say, it's not seen in too many places. Mm -hmm. But all the other events are standard. There are also some extra events that do just for crowd entertainment. We're trying to get banned here in Alameda County right now. One called Wild Cow Milking, uh, in which a couple of cowboys try to manhandle a, a lactating cow into submission, put a couple drops into a Coke bottle and race to a finish line. Well, two years ago, three years, one of these poor stressed out cows jumped the fence, landed on her head, broke her neck, left an orphan calf. I have a wonderful quote from a veterinarian named Dr. Peggy Larson, who's in Vermont, said as a state prosecutor and veterinarian, she was reminded of rape cases that she has tried in state court, the way these cowboys are mishandling this poor cow. It's rather like the steer dressing event. Yeah. And then, then there's the children's mutton busting event. Some kid is going to get killed. They have children four to seven years old riding terrified sheep, you know, and the kids are often in tears. And it, again, quite often it's some kid being a little man for daddy. It's mm. all that macho crap again, which is destroying the planet. And, my, and for yeah. fun and games, come on. And then pig scrambles, they let loose, what, 50 and 60 kids chasing maybe a, a couple dozen baby pigs. And they're getting jumped on and dragged and carried around by their hind legs. I got video from Woodside, California, two years ago, one of the stock handlers picking up a baby pig by the tail and throwing him off the truck. It's just, just the abuse is built into the event. Yeah. And I think, and you spoke of veterinarians, uh, well, there's real conflicts of interest here. Most of the large animal vets are involved in you know, farm animal uh, care, so they're in bed with the folks who put on the rodeo. The large animal vet, or excuse me, the small animal vets are much more likely to speak up, but there's so much money involved. I always tell people, follow the money, the advertisers, the politics. Oh, there's a, some great irony here too, here in Alameda County, we have a group called the Rowell Ranch Rangers, which promote and support the rodeo throughout the year. Local politicians, it includes the county sheriff, 
the county fire chief, the mayor of Dublin, two members of the Board of Supervisors, and most interestingly for me, Congressman Eric Swalwell from Castro Valley, who's on Rachel Maddow's show only once a week probably, who's running for President of the United States. It's expected very soon. So I wrote to him recently, I said, look, you really need to divest yourself from this group. I'm sure you got it there just to promote community support and all that w without thinking. But considering what happens to the animals, and they say that people who care about animals comprise the largest constituency in the country. Back during the height of the Vietnam War, Congress was getting more letters about animal welfare than they were about the war itself. People do care, and that gives me hope more than anything else. Mm, so if we can get great. people just to, to speak up and just not look the other way, we can turn this around. So right. I'm hopeful in that, that regard. Oh, great. So now let's just uh, divert a little bit into what is, how do you pronounce it, Chirada? That's close. Chariata. Chariata. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. That's a Mexican-style rodeo, mm -hmm. which really predates rodeo. That's where our American-style rodeo came from. But it's been around for about 500 years. It's the in Mexico. And Chariata features nine standard events, two of which are really problematic. One is horse tripping, in which they last saw a running horse at full gallop by the front legs to bring her down and one called steer tailing. They uh, chase a running steer on horseback, grabbing by the tail, then the cowboy charro, that's the tail around his boot and stirrup, and then rides the horse off at an angle, and the steer's thrown up in the air and slammed to the ground. Tails are ripped off, horns get broken, horses can have their legs bro broken when the steers run the wrong way. It's just a nightmare. A chariata is fairly common throughout the American Southwest, mm -hmm. but there's almost no money involved. It's all prestige and tradition and family affairs. It's very little publicity. But a charro friend of mine just told me recently that there are about 800 of these things held every year in California. Now, I saw my first one here in Alameda County back in 1992, I guess, and was just horrified. They had two Arabian fillies that they leased from the local slaughterhouse, which they used repeatedly in this horse trekking event. You could count every rib on their bodies, wounds, old and news. Knew they were turning somersaults, slamming into the wall, defecating, urinating in fear on themselves. And I talked to one of the cowboys. I said, would you do this to the horse that you're riding upon? And their horses were in great shape. He said, oh, no, but these horses, they're going to slaughter. I said, look, your wife and kids are going to die one day, too. Would you do it to them? You macho as a, well, got a little out of hand. So I had a bill introduced in 1993. I went to a, a Mexican-American legislator, Joe Baca, who later on went to U.S. Congress. He carried the bill for me. I thought it would be important to get a, a Latino to carry the legislation so I wouldn't be accused of being a racist, which happened anyway. So, you, yeah, you said you were accused of being a racist. What was yeah. your response to that? Well, I could say I'm an equal opportunity racist. I said, look, I don't care if it's God or Mother Teresa. I'm going to be on a picket line. This stuff is wrong. Then I got a great support letter from Cesar Chavez in support of my efforts on this front back in 1993. So the bill failed the first year, and then the second year it was reintroduced by Assemblyman John Burton, then Senator, then Speaker Pro Tem, and it passed almost unanimously. I think there are only two no votes and three abstentions out of 120 legislators. Major support. So it was banned in California, the first in the nation. Within three years, 12 other states banned horse tripping around the country, and one state, Nebraska, has banned steer tailing. So 
that's hopeful. You know, I love cultural diversity. I was a Spanish major. Took I marched with Cesar Chavez. Took mom to Mexico for vacation a couple times. And I keep reminding people that California and most of the Southwest used to be part of Mexico until we stole it with disease, guns, and religion. So there's lots of karma to be paid off here. But the animals should not have to pay the price. And tradition justifies nothing. Mm. I wonder if rodeo is a little bit like hunting in that a lot of people who hunt learn from their daddies. Yes, a lot of it is passed on. That's why they do so many of these children's events, like mm-hmm. the button busting and the calf riding, building an audience yeah. for the future. I think that the parents and the promoters alike should be cited not only for animal abuse, but child endangerment. Yeah. And where are all the child protective agencies? Some mm-hmm. kid is going to get killed sooner than later. Yeah. And I hate saying, I told you so. But it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like they get them in there early, so it normalizes that kind of brutality. Yes, and yeah. what a terrible message to send to impressionable young children, not mm-hmm. to mention insensitive adults, about the proper and humane treatment of animals. Right. All the major religious leaders in the world, Pope Francis and the Dalai Lama, have spoken out, you know, for the animals and what we do to them, we eventually do to each other. Right. And we all deserve far better than what we're getting. Right. So, Eric, what are some of the actions you would like to see going forward to alleviate or end the suffering of rodeo animals? I would encourage people to get involved, be aware, go to a rodeo, talk to the folks pro and con, and you usually learn more about these things from the proponents than you do from the people who feel as you do. So listen to the opposition, which is good. I would like to see every state, every year, introduce legislation to stop or make better some of these things. At least have a veterinarian on site. I mean, the city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, back in the mid-80s, banned uh, bucking straps, hot shots, and spurs, and there has not been a rodeo in that town since. Hmm. I would encourage people to get in touch with the Humane Society of the U.S. In the old days, they did a lot of work on rodeo. Today, they do nothing with and they got more than 175 million bucks in the bank. So they really need to be in the forefront on this one, I think. So just education is the big thing, though. And do not look away. If you don't bear witness, then nothing ever changes. Write letters to the editors. Call in radio talk shows. Talk to your local rabbi or preacher or priest and get them involved. I mean, these are God's creatures, right? So I can't. there's even a group called Cowboys for Christ. Oh, really? They meet usually Tell us Sunday about morning, that. I haven't heard about that one. Yeah. Can you spell hypocrisy? You think uh, Jesus would see, approve H- of this? <laughs> yeah, I find it rather extraordinary. Cowboys but, for Christ? Huh, okay. Pretty so. I might mention, too, I have a filmmaker friend named Sharon Buckle who did a movie called uh, From the Kill Pen about horses going to slaughter. We just completed a nine-minute documentary called Bucking Tradition, which is just submitted to about half a dozen uh, film festivals around the country. And if successful there, we'll be doing a full-length documentary, which could really make a big difference, I should think. So if you know anybody with $150,000, let me get on the (laughs) phone right after I get off this. Um, But, yeah, you've got that film linked on your website, I believe, right? So we're going to link that right on our website here at KBOO and on our Facebook page so people can watch that. So I think you've, you've pretty much told us what people can do moving forward. If there's anything else, we have about a minute left. So go for it. Anything okay. else? I know we're going to have your website linked. 
Um, yeah. But anything else you want people to do to get involved if with Action for Animals or with Rodeo? Yeah. Uh, anybody interested, take a look at that website. Get in touch with me. I'll be happy to help with demos and whatnot. There's some good reading materials in there. The videos are just extraordinary. Just take those to your legislators. Meet with your local reps and point out the obvious. There's a wonderful quote from Gandhi, too, which I use a lot. said, the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Isn't that good? That yeah. covers a lot of bases. And another one from the Dalai Lama I like. says, our main purpose in life is to help others. And if you can't help, at least do them no harm. If we just live by those two propositions, the world would be such a, a better place. Yes, you're right, Eric. Well, Eric, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. You've well, taught you, us Courtney. so much. It's been great talking with you. Hope you have a great new year for folks and animals alike. Thank you, Eric. Thank you much. And thank you all for joining us on Voices for the Animals. Tune in again for another episode next month. You can catch a podcast of this program on kboo.fm. Welcome to Film at 11 here on Community Radio KBOO Portland. Today, on Christmas Eve, we succumb to the holidays with comments on Ben Hur, but also a look at the new Matrix movie and also a book about the film and the series, and a new Criterion release of a great Hollywood classic. This is Professor Kitty from the Monday Sampler. Remember that this is listener-supported radio, KBOO in Portland. If this radio station is important to you, please go to kboo.fm slash give to become a member. Now, back to film at 11. Stephen Hood joins us to discuss The Matrix Resurrections. So once again, we are talking 